up everyone i want to talk to you guys today about some women of color who recently made you know, national news all over the headlines and I, I gotta start with probably the person who has the least uh fame on her own uh alice johnson so for any of you who watched the super bowl you probably saw um Trump's ad that uh, showcased, you know, this Alice Johnson, uh, a Memphian, you know, thanking Trump for uh, getting her sentence commuted and, you know, getting her out of prison. And I think a lot of people were kind of upset because it felt like pandering, which it was. And it kind of felt like a, a slap in the face uh, to people of color, particularly black people. As we don't really feel like Trump cares about us, you know, he doesn't, but he uh, had this commercial that made it seem like he, he gave a fuck about the black community. And from a, a more global perspective, he, he really doesn't as, you know, it's a clear political move, like he's trying to, you know, run for re-election and all that. But I just want to take a second to think about the story from... Um, her perspective because even if she's being used as a political pawn uh, to try to gain some votes or whatever you gotta think about it um, I haven't really looked into her case specifically because it really doesn't matter the point is she's out now and she would not have been out if Trump hadn't uh, done that. And I think that there's a number of people who have actually benefited from either Trump directly or some of the policies that he's enabled. And even if we all hate the guy, which we should, because he's done a lot of terrible things and his very essence is just that of a terrible human being. Even the worst people can do uh, something that's beneficial to somebody else. Um, you know, this doesn't overwrite the wrongs that he's done. But I think from her perspective, like, her life is so much better now because of his action. And I think a lot of people, if they were in a similar situation, would respond in the same manner that she did. Like... I'm out of uh, prison sooner than I was expecting to be. Um, and for her specifically, that's probably enough to overwrite the other things that he's done. And most of us don't have the luxury of him doing something that significant for us as individuals. But I, I really feel like if I was in a similar position, I would probably... Um, disregard the things that Trump has done because something like this would have been enough for me to you know change my mind about it and for a lot of us who have never been in prison before we've never you know done hard time it's hard to really imagine something that is so monumental you know that we would be willing to forgive Trump for the shit that he's done but for her it was enough 
So I can understand that, you know, I, I don't necessarily agree with it, but I can get where she's coming from, you know, and she probably got paid a handful of dollars to uh, be in this ad. So it, it's hard to turn something like that down. Um, I, I probably would have done the same thing, you know. But speaking of Super Bowls, uh, we got to get into this halftime show, but... Before I dig into it, um, I want to thank my sponsor, me, Joshua Self. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Magus of the M. If you like what you hear, want to support the show, uh, it's, you know, it's completely free to give a like, a follow, a share, subscribe, leave an iTunes review, help the show get discovered. And with that, let's uh, talk about this halftime show, as it's pretty big deal, you know? So, for those of you who have been living under a rock, Jennifer Lopez and Shakira, along with some, at least in America, lesser-known uh, reggaeton artists, performed you know, at the Super Bowl, and there was a lot of controversy um, because people felt like uh, Shakira and J-Lo, that their uh, performance was too sexy, you know, too erotic, um, a little bit too provocative and that kind of thing. So I want to uh, dissect it just a little bit and point out some of the um, some of the issues that people are kind of noticing. Uh, I think first when we look at their attire, um, you know, some people might feel like they were you know too scantily clad, like they're showing too much skin, but. Uh, if you've been to the beach or if you've watched previous Super Bowl performances, um, what they were wearing isn't really out of the norm. And for them specifically as artists, is definitely not out of the norm. Um, like th- Their attire, while it might have been revealing, it wasn't so revealing where it's it's offensive for television um you know people make this statement you know there are kids watching which is true like there are children watching the super bowl but i find it hard to believe that um this would be offensive attire um unless you're the kind of person who never ever goes to the beach you never goes to ymca to take your kids swimming or anything like that um, if that's the case, then yes, this is definitely offensive attire. But I find that very hard to believe that um, people complaining about this are the ones who are shielding their children from scantily clad women twenty four seven. Um, you know, people choose when they want to be offended by certain things. You know, when certain people wear uh, this type of clothing. Uh, yeah, it's convenient to be offended, but they're not offended all the time. And so it, it's interesting how uh, people pick and choose when they want to express outrage, you know. I think it's important for us as a society and as individuals to really just be consistent. Um, we tend to not be consistent when we want to be upset about something. So... If we're going to be upset about what they're wearing, let's be upset about it all the time. But in reality, we're not actually upset about what they're wearing. 
in different circumstances. And I'm not just talking about like in the confines of your own home, but um, you know, if you were to uh, you know hit up any sandy area, uh, this is what you're gonna see. Um, and so I just find it hard to believe. Like, I, I just don't buy it. Like, people were upset only because they can be upset, not because it was actually bothersome to them. And as far as the the actual dancing goes, um, you know, there was reggaeton, there was salsa, uh, champeta, and mapale. I might be mispronouncing that, but basically, it's uh, dances of uh, Latino or Afro Latina uh, descent, and you know, it was basically for people. Um, that are you know Puerto Rican, Dominican, that are Latino uh, American, like uh, people from like these Latin areas, uh, something that they can rally behind, something that they can be proud of. Like these are like their cultural roots, you know. I mean, if you look at the performance, you know, when uh, J Lo has the the Puerto Rican flag on one side and the American flag on the other side. And it's like, hey, we're different, but we're actually still a part of America. And the entire performance is basically just a celebration of Latin American culture. And a lot of people didn't like it. You know, a lot of people felt like the performance was trash. It was garbage. In large part, because they're not Latin American and they have no appreciation for this other culture. Um, I thought that the performance was fine. I mean, it was a little edgy, but J-Lo and Shakira have always been like this. Like, what they did wasn't different than any of their other performances. It's just that they exposed um, their style of music, they exposed their culture to people who typically would not be aware of it. And that's where the friction is. So it's people that don't necessarily listen to Jennifer Lopez, don't necessarily listen to Shakira, or any of the other artists that were performing, and now they're exposed to it, and it's like, oh, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, it's too much, can't handle it, overload, overload. So, you know, looking through all social media, a lot of people have something to say about it, um, for, for good reason, but I think that it boils down to uh, this uh, people, you know, people that are of Latin American descent and, you know, them expressing their culture. When you see, like, the attire, when you see the particular um, songs that they're expressing, um, you know, taking lines from Born in the USA, like, they are American. You know, showing the, the kids in these uh, cage representative type things. You know, just trying to express, like, a lot of the issues that are going on and also express their pride at, you know, in uh, being American. Um, and so, unfortunately, a lot of people on the outside saw it as, you know, repulsive, disgusting, whatever. Um, you know, J-Lo did bring out a poll, but eh, she didn't actually pole dance. I mean, if you have been to any strip club before, that's not actually what you would call pole dancing. It's just used as a as a prop or whatever. Um, 
so I'm, I'm curious as to what the rest of you guys have to think about this show. Like, I, I thought it was fine. It didn't seem any better or worse than any other performance I've ever seen. But I, I thought it was a little bothersome that so many people um, disliked it. And in large, I think it's just because they're outside of the culture. You know, I saw um, a lot of white people that didn't like it. I also saw a lot of black people that didn't like it either. And it really felt like it's because they're so far removed from this other culture. And it's just hard for them to appreciate some of the nuance and um, some of the, you know, the, the little things that were present in the performance. And even me, like, I'm sure that there was a lot more that was in the performance that I would not pick up on because I'm not from this culture. But I can definitely appreciate their efforts, and I applaud them for taking the opportunity to uh, express themselves, you know, showcase uh, things from their background that a lot of us have never seen before. I think it's important that whenever people get this kind of opportunity to uh, make the most of it, you know, say it loud. All right, so the last thing I really want to talk about is uh, Ms. Gail King. A lot of people are upset with her, you know, um, dragging her, talking really bad about her because of an interview that she did with Lisa Leslie about the legacy of Kobe Bryant. Now, CBS released uh, a portion of that interview online um, that only focused on the the rape uh, case that was against Kobe Bryant. And because people saw that part and not the entire interview, it really looks like uh, Gail just wants to drag Kobe um, now that he's gone. So I think there's a few things that we kind of need to look at um, when it, it comes to her statements and her questions that she made to Lisa Leslie. First... By trade, um, she's a journalist, you know, and part of her job is to ask difficult questions. A lot of people feel like because this person's dead that somehow he's now immune to criticism. And I don't feel like that's the case. You know, people are criticized long after they're dead. Um, I mean, we've seen a lot of people, um, even in the city of Memphis, you know, take... Uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest, for example, like he's been dead for what a century or something, um, and people are still looking at his life, and um, some people are praising him, some people are criticizing him, um, and so someone being dead doesn't absolve them from the wrongs that they've done. Uh, the living are still going to discuss it. They're still going to speak on it. So, you know, part of her job really was just asking the tough questions. Second thing, um, before we get too deep into it, there is not a good time to deal with sensitive subjects. Um, it doesn't matter if he was alive or not. There is no good time where people are feel like, oh, you know what? Now's a good time to discuss 
the rape case. Like, that just doesn't happen. Like, there is no good time to discuss these kind of uh, issues. So when something terrible has happened, it doesn't really matter if it's a year later, 10 years later, person's living dead, they got kids, they don't have kids, they're married, they're not married. There's not a good time to discuss it. And because of that, you just have to jump in. If you feel like you want to talk about something, dive right in. There will never be a good time for it. Um, I think there's also a little bit of misinformation. A lot of people feel like just only get on Kobe because he's black and not getting on other people. But there is an interview where she did get on Weinstein. So I don't want it to uh, seem like she's discriminating and only picking on black people. That's definitely not the case. If you look at uh, the interviews that she's done um, over the years, she has not, you know, uh, discriminated or shown favoritism towards one group or the other. It's just that people don't really want to dig through the archives and look at all of her previous work. They just want to focus on, you know, what happened in the past month or so, um, the past year or whatever. I'm like, you got to look back at her history. Like, um, she's done a lot of good work out there and it's very easy to get caught up in what she did yesterday and disregard the things she's done before. And that's unfair. That being said, when I was a kid and I got in trouble with like my friends, when my mom or my dad uh, found out about it and they came to address the issue, they pretty much disregarded the other kids and they called me by my name. Um, and they delivered punishment to me, not to anyone else that was there. It was like my friends weren't punished by my parents. And so I think it's important for us in the black community to hold our men to a higher standard. And it's not to say that there aren't white people doing equally heinous, atrocious things. It's that... It's our responsibility to uh, deal with our own as opposed to dealing with, you know, people on the other side of the fence, so to speak. Um, so I, I applaud Gil for asking the tough question because it's something that you know, we all think. And while we might be too scared to say it out loud, her job is to verbalize and communicate the things that we are all thinking uh, because we do want to know what happened um, with the rape case you know it was dismissed but you know does something like that tarnish his legacy and for some people it does and for some people it doesn't and that's one of those things that we have to all ask ourselves you know as individuals like do we feel like this allegation is enough to ruin his reputation and you know going through social media and whatnot a lot of people feel like it is and there's some who feel like it's not so it, it really just comes down to um, how you feel about the situation and I don't think that we should shy away from the difficult questions and 
I think we would all be better if we're willing to ask those tough questions um, because we can never get to the truth without asking the right question. And being afraid to ask those questions is just not going to get us anywhere. So wherever you are, if you got a question you need to ask your boss, your loved one, your kids, your parents, ask the question. Like, if we want our world to be better, it starts by asking the tough question. So y'all have a good weekend. Ask those questions. Cue the music. Thank you.